0: So for those of you who've been with us for the last few weeks, you know that we're doing a series called uh, Together Forever. You think, well, forever's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. And we really want to bless you this morning. Uh, you know, this is not just for married couples. This is for couples of any sort. Uh, you may be young. You may be dating. You may be uh, a fresh start, uh, you know, going into a relationship. You may be freshly separated or divorced. You might be single and happy that way. All of this is information about relationship pertaining to a couple, but it's also principles that you will find uh, helpful in all relationships, so please don't tune out because it'll be important for all of us.
1: Yeah, indeed. Hey, we're, we are uh, carrying on what we started talking about um, last week in a sermon entitled Together Forever, and I just want to quickly uh, go through a little bit of review for us. Um, our whole aim or goal with this series is to help strengthen your marriage uh, for the long haul, because, you know, as the title says, we're together forever, right? We also want to help marriages uh, that have hit a wall. Maybe your marriage has hit a wall and, um, you know, you go, man, OK, we just we just need a little bit of. Help. We need some, some tweaking in this area. And if that's you, then, hey, we're we're, we're here to help as well, right? Um, and also to impart to new couples uh, some tips and tricks uh, that will help continue to move your marriage forward. And then lastly, and we don't want to leave out the singles amongst us, um, we want to give you some practical tools that you can pull out of your tool belt Uh, when the time arrives, right? So that when, when you meet that special someone, you're ready. You, you already have a bunch of information on hand, uh, that you could use, uh, to ensure that your together is going to be forever. I said last week that we should have, uh, a vision for our marriage. That uh, is together forever. That should be our vision. That should be our focus. Together forever. And we want that vision to be reflected to our kids and to all uh, with whom we do life with. Right. Uh, last week, I, I also talked about um, our principal task as a couple is to connect with God. So picture a triangle. And in, in that triangle, on, the, on one side is the wife, on the other side is the husband, and on the top is God. And our goal should be, as a couple, is to individually connect with God. That should be our goal, right? That we would individually connect with God. And I can't connect with God on my wife's behalf. And nor can she connect with God on my behalf. That needs to be my focus. If we want to have a successful marriage, then we must be willing to individually connect with God, right? When we do that, man, we we will have a solid foundation in our marriage. And today, Yvette and I want to begin to tap in um, and knock off some of those pests. Those gnats that eat away at the fabric of our marriage. Uh, those areas in our life that keep us from enjoying and engaging in this sacred dance called marriage. Because when we first entered into our marriage covenant, the marriage relationship, um, there were no walls. We had no walls between one another. And, and. Just to my um, my left here, there's a picture of a wall. It's it's a little blank right now. There's not much on the wall, and and that illustrates for us what how we enter into our marriage. It's a little bit of a, a clean s- slate, right? But things happen along the way. We overstep boundaries. We have ineffective communication. We begin to have a waning appreciation for each other, and a wall begins. To be erected. And what we want to do today is shine light on those planks that can be placed in our wall that become to, they should become to us warning signs that, hey, stuff is going on in our lives. Is that cool? So we want to start tapping away at some of those things. And, but before I go there, I just want to read a scripture. Um, it's, uh, our text for today. And it says this in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. It says, what seems impossible to you is never impossible with God. No situation, friends, that you're currently facing. I I don't care what it is. No situation is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. When it comes to your marriage, you need to know that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. It doesn't matter what you faced in the past. Right now is what counts. And the Bible says that nothing is impossible with God. And as you face relational struggles, think about that. Have that always in the forefront of your mind. Maybe save it as a screensaver on your phone. My wife has these um, cute little animals that come up on her phone as her screensaver. Uh, Maybe we need to have nothing is impossible with God to remind us when we hit these walls, when we hit these barriers, where there is... Overstepping of boundaries going on, where there's ineffective communication, where there is a, a waning appreciation for one another. That we would remember, right? That nothing is impossible with God. So we're going to start now with overstepping boundaries. Uh, we'll we'll start with that one, and and in a minute I'll I'll, I'll put the plank on the wall here that to show you. It, but this is where. We embark on a mission, really, to uh, change each other to our liking. And I'm sure none of you have ever done that in your marriage, where you have tried changing your spouse to your liking. Have you ever tried it? Well, if you have, you've experienced the results, have you not? I have, and, and it never goes over that well. Um, you know, maybe um, I tried changing her fashion sense, but I never really ever had to do that. She had to try to change my fashion sense. Uh, maybe it's the way they stack the dishwasher. Oh, they're not stacking the dishwasher, right? Because there is a certain way you have to stack the dishwasher. Well, that is an overstepping of boundaries, right? Or maybe it's negatively commenting on their physique. Oh, if you would only lose some weight. Oh, if you would only go to the gym. If you would only stop eating that stuff. That is overstepping boundaries. That's when we try to change our spouse to the person that we personally envision, right? And when that happens, an invasion occurs. And we never want that to happen because it never goes well.
0: So you know how in the beginning of a relationship, we're intrigued and amused at our differences because they're refreshing and they're different than us, and that's what attracts us to each other. But over time, we start to be annoyed by those very things because it's very hard to see eye to eye and to connect on that because you're like, that's that's just wacky. Why do you even think that? Or why do you do it that way? And we start to really now irritate each other with our differences. So think back to what made you love your partner. Usually there are traits that are very different from ours, and we find them complimentary, refreshing, but all of a sudden, no, we're having a problem with that. So this is where the hard work comes in of becoming a student of your partner. So what do I mean by that? It's really paying attention and learning and asking questions. So why do you think that? You know, like, help me understand. Because honestly, we can't fully comprehend uh, the way a person is put together until we ask the right questions. So you're just going to build in the background while I talk? Yeah. Is that what's going on? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hope I'm not overstepping the boundary here.
0: No, as long as... I'm just not talking. So the hard work is being that student of your partner. So it becomes difficult, if not impossible, where we have one or both partners that are unwilling to budge. So you can say, well, help me understand that. Help me understand that. And then we have our ways of thinking or our ways of doing, but there's no real give and take. And that non-budging can become just that standoff, you know, the standoff where you really are not giving yourself any more that room to be able to work through a solution together. So watch for patterns and acknowledge the imbalance instead of just rolling with it. So I was just saying to Scott the other day that, you know, have you ever tried to teeter-totter with someone who's not of your similar weight? Well, it's a little scary, right? Because you're either on the bottom or on the top, depending which one, and there isn't that balance. And actually, someone can get hurt. So it's really important that we find a balance in that relationship. Uh, so dialoguing is important. So on the topic of those of us who may not like to make ways in the relationship. So I'm very aware that there is many people that just don't like trouble. And as a result <laughs> of not liking trouble, you either bury things or you don't want to talk about it. You just sort of move on. And, you know, I just want to remind you that a fighting relationship is at least one that is committed to still talking what to each other. Saying? <laughs> I said a fighting relationship is at oh. least one that is still committed to talking to each other, right? Yes. If you find yourself not addressing many of these issues, it's highly likely that you've estimated it's not worth to bother anymore. So that's actually more of a warning sign than fighting. Fighting isn't a warning sign uh, in my estimation. It really is more when you you just don't want to bother anymore. Okay, so think about that. That's the shortcut to the end, by the way. This is the difference between letting things slide and picking your fights wisely. And the whole mantra of why bother? You know, obviously, I'm not advocating fighting, but I'm advocating communication. And if it gets a little heated sometimes, that's better than not talking, okay? So if you have stopped caring, and if you're like, yeah, you know, the relationship I'm in right now, we just really don't talk about anything. We just let things slide. Or I just don't want to go there because I know how it's going to go. You know, ask God to give you the desire to care again, to care enough. To, to discuss things. To care enough
1: to have a heated discussion, right? Or a discussion. Or a discussion. doesn't it have
0: to be heated. If it has to, happens yeah. to be
1: heated. For some reason between us, especially in the beginning years of our relationship, it just tended to turn into a heated discussion. <laughs> but so, so are you getting the picture? Are you seeing it that when we overstep personal boundaries... It's often done intentionally with a mission in mind. Uh, we, you know, it, 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 it's intentionally unintentional often. But it's just become such a pattern in our lives of overstepping boundaries, maybe because your boundaries were overstepped, uh, growing up. And so that's all you've known or maybe, um, all you've seen modeled is uh, a relationship where the boundaries are, 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 are so skewed, you have no clue where they are. Right? And, and so now you begin to pattern yourself after what you saw patterned. Right? So you, you we just need to know that when we overstep boundaries, it stomps on the, on the on the very core of mutual respect for one another, right? And the end result uh, will always be retaliation and withdrawal. That will happen when we begin to overstep boundaries in our lives. And then that will make it really hard for us to effectively communicate with one another and, and to really love one another and to be open with one another. Why would I want to be open with her if I feel every time I'm going to open myself to her, she would stomp into my personal area, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Not all of us have good boundaries, right? So you might be like, I don't even know if I do. So that's the one thing to think about as well. Uh, do we have good boundaries? And one of the quickest ways to find out is in a marriage relationship. Because all of a sudden it, it does show up. Yeah. Okay, so most of us, you know, we didn't have that modeled in our lives and wouldn't know one if we saw it. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, what is that? So quite often boundaryless, boundaryless people will also attract one another. So you have quite often combinations of people that don't have good boundaries that have, you know, quickly attracted to each other, and now there's this real uh, disharmony going on because there isn't really that clarity of what's me, what's you, what's okay, what's not, and it's a little bit muddy. Yeah. You know, let's just remember that um, uh, drawing lines, if you want to call that, is having enough self-respect. Uh, to put limits around your values that govern your life. So it's about taking responsibility for you. We don't take responsibility for other people. We have responsibilities to people, but we need to be responsible for ourselves. That's the only person that you're supposed to be taking care of first, right? You can't control others, nor should you. But you can control yourself, or at least you should. And setting boundaries is the healthiest favor you can do for yourself. Yeah, it is. That's still true. If this is the first time you're doing this and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna set some healthy boundaries. Just a little disclaimer, uh, you'll probably be running into some opposition, so be prepared, right? Yeah. If you've always been the person that people take advantage of,
1: you or
0: you give in, or you're just that, you know, that person, as you start to put in some boundaries, uh, in the relationship, your partner may not recognize you and be like throwing things off, right? So let's just be aware of this. A definition of boundary that I like uh, is a boundary is a limit or a space between you and the other person. A clear place where you begin and the other person ends. The purpose of setting a healthy boundary is, of course, to protect and take good care of you.
1: See, in healthy relationships, we ask permission. We take one another's feelings into account, right? I mean, in a healthy relationship, that's what we do. And we show gratitude uh, toward each other and respect the differences uh, that we have with one another. Differences of opinion, uh, differences in the way that we handle conflict, differences in the way that we uh, deal with the problems that we face in life, even differences in even parenting styles to a degree, right? Difference of perspective, differences of feeling. And we, we need to keep that healthy boundary in place, right? And respect that. Because healthy boundaries include everything from speaking up for yourself when you think you're being disrespected. Or to advocate, uh, for yourself uh, for those times when you need to just get out of the house and go for a walk, right? Th- these are healthy boundaries, and those must be respected in a marriage if we're going to have a successful marriage. Does that make sense? Hey, eh? we're going to start doing that, right? <laughs> See, many boundary violations stem from uh, misunderstandings. We have a misunderstanding. We may have a problem with a certain behavior that our spouse does, but we never speak up about it. And and often uh, we do this because we worry if we do, it's just going to trigger an argument. And the last thing we want is an argument, right? See, love breaks down when we don't respect our spouses. And when we begin to treat them as objects uh, for our own needs, rather than The beauty that that they are in our lives and what they represent in our lives. So this means when your spouse comes to you and says something like, um, you know, Scott, I'm not really feeling that close with you right now. Part of my personality is I begin to get defensive what do you mean you're not feeling close? And I start, I start thinking, oh, okay, is yes, I'm so bad, I'm so wrong. What are you saying? <laughs> that, yeah, I start going when, in actuality, all she's saying is, I, I don't feel very close to you right now. You, you've been, I don't know, you've been so busy, and you know. So you understand? And when, when a, this, this is all part of trying to establish healthy boundaries in our lives. See, there's been times, I'll give you a few examples. There's been times in our marriage where um, I open up to my wife, right? I start sharing some feelings to her about some things that are going on in my life. And at the time, all I really want is for a listening ear. All I really want is, is to know that, man, she's hearing me. And she genuinely cares, right? At the time, I I, I don't want her to try to manage my emotions, try to manage how I'm feeling. You know, uh, if if she would say something like, well, why are you feeling that way? You you shouldn't feel that way. Uh, You know, you're a son of God. You shouldn't feel that way,
0: right? And you're a pastor. You shouldn't feel that way. And. So I guess you have to pick your times to be an encourager yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that's not always fitting if they just need to whine a little bit and then you give them time to, you know, get it off their chest, then the encouragement will come, yeah. you know, so it's picking your times wisely. What is exactly going on here? Because right. I love to jump into fix it mode, you know, let's see how we can fix it. But that is not actually very valuing uh, because he just wants to talk. And... I mean that doesn't always happen very often, <laughs> right? So, um,
1: but see another example is my personality often needs um, a timeout when arguments are really escalating. Uh, I-, I need to just be able to walk away. Uh, whereas Yvette, on the other hand, wants to solve this thing right here, right now.
0: There's no time like the present, right? No time
1: like the present.
0: <laughs> Let's just get this fixed. Right. Let's do it and, now.
1: And, and I need time to just digest this a little bit, think about it a little bit, and walk away. And we've had to learn over the years to respect each other's boundaries. So I can't say to her every time we have an argument, well, okay, I'm going to walk away because I need time. Well, I also, I also
0: have to respect her. That, okay, I also have to. Right. So sometimes we push yeah. through and sometimes we just take a pause and say, let's reschedule, you know, right. for chapter two or whatever you want to call it. Because it's important to really um, have a, a sensitivity to the situation. If it's escalating to the point where you feel that you're going to say something that you can't take back, then it's time, right? Call it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, another example, my mom... Um, set a boundary for my dad. My dad at the time uh, was a heavy drinker, um, you know, to the point where it, 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 it was every single day and it was quite bad. Um, and my mom finally set a boundary and it was, okay, John, I am making a decision that I don't want to live like this anymore. So I'm going to move out unless you quit. And my dad quit. And that was 38 years ago. Right? So she set a boundary that was healthy for her because she could not live like that anymore. It just was, it, it, it was just far too hard on her.
0: Uh, does that make sense of, of some uh, healthy boundaries. And I think, in fairness, we know that depending on the equation, because you know the configuration of each relationship is unique mm-hmm. to you, that in some situations that will be a success, and in some situations yes. the partner might say, "Well, see ya." Yeah. Right. Choose so there... the,
1: choose the booze over.
0: Right. So his babe. We, we realize. When we're saying this, that setting a boundary does not guarantee the result that you're hoping right. for. But it does one thing for sure is it makes sure that you're taking care of yourself the way you should. Yeah. Right. So if enough is enough, you have to call it and just say so. Yeah. And, and
1: so some signs of overstepping boundaries. So, you know, OK, uh, maybe not giving each other alone time. Would you say that's a sign? So Yvette says, OK, Scott, I, I just need time right now. I'm just overwhelmed with everything. Um, I I just need time. So I'm going to go for a walk. I need you to look after the kids. And if I say no, no way. Uh, The hockey game's on. You know, Uh, no way. I'm building a project in the garage. And it, you know, it's it's my hobby. And I, 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 I need to do that. Well, that's a sign. I think that we're overstepping into each other's boundaries, right? Uh how about downplaying each other's excitement about something?
0: Yeah, we've had that happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can be passionate about different things that your your spouse may not relate to and just feel like, "Oh, that's dumb." You know, but you're really excited about it and you share about, you know, some things that you feel that maybe you could do or would like to do and, you know, you're just really into it and then they just kind of <laughs> squish it down, you know, that, that is obviously disrespectful, but it's also not just trying to understand and say, Hey, you know, tell me more about that.
1: And, and that's a good example of me bringing in the baggage of boundaries into our marriage. Cause that's what our, that's all I knew in my household was, uh, almost a putting down of each other's dreams, downplaying each other's excitements. And, you know, there, there were times when my brother would say, Things like, oh, you know, when I grow up, I want to be, and I would come in and shoot that thing down and give him ten reasons why he could never do that. And I brought that into our relationship, and it took time and some dish pans being thrown at me. No, that that never it was happened. a teapot. A teapot. It was <laughs> to realize. Wait a minute. This is getting out of hand. How about taking or using things without asking? You know, you go, yeah, but you guys are partners. You're in this together. Well, um, true confessions. I used to go through her her wallet to um, organize her wallet for her. <laughs> Thank you. Because... <laughs> Because uh, there's there's a way that things need to be organized. And she had like a mountain full of pennies in there. Remember back in the days when pennies were around. So I used to go in there and organize her wallet. And yeah, that didn't go over very well. Like I had good intentions. But yeah. <laughs> uh, how about negatively commenting on their physique? Yeah, That never goes over well, (laughs) either male or female, and and we both can do it, right? Um, I was 172 pounds soaking wet when we married, 6 foot 4. Today, I am 230 pounds. Big difference, right? So I was a rail man, and I was very sensitive to my physique, very, very sensitive to it. And you think of a marriage covenant and now you're going to get into the same bed with each other and you're going to be intimate with each other. And if you have these barriers in your life when it comes to your physique, that could come out very well in your marriage. Right. And so, you know, we we have to be we have to be careful. How about negatively or going through their phone? It's kind of a new one, right? Going through their phone seeing where they're at, seeing what they're doing. That's a a boundary, right?
0: Uh, Becoming too dependent. You know, I'm all about obviously being as, you know, partners and helpful to each other as much as possible, but you can become so dependent that you've lost sight of yourself. So becoming too dependent is like, no, you do that. No, you speak for me. No, you do that is not healthy,
1: yeah, I mean, conversely, you can be too independent, right? Uh, how about com- uh, constantly comparing? Like to other couples. Uh, yeah, other yeah. couples. Oh, if you
0: were just like, you know, Joe and Mary over there, you know, we'd have no problems. You know, constantly comparing is really ineffective because we already said that every configuration of couple is so unique to you. There's really no comparing allowed because you, you can be inspired by the couples, but to say, oh, if you were just like him or you were just like her, uh, everything would be okay. You don't know that. Because they may be really good in this area that maybe your spouse isn't, but there's another area that's, like, really worse than your spouse. <laughs> so, meh, Right? Or trying to change them, you know,
1: that's another one. Or how about prying into their personal life? I'll let you expound on that one.
0: Well... That can happen in in many ways. So, you know, some people say, well, you're, you're crossing a boundary if you ask me how my day was. Well, no, we're doing life together. How was your day? But if you press and press for ideas and thought and they're very quiet and you're like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Talk to me right now. You know, that's really invasive when somebody needs some space. So we really have to be sensitive to that.
1: Yeah. Or allowing others to speak negatively about your spouse. It's a big one, right? You never want to do that. You want to stand up and fight for your spouse. Right? How about speaking unkindly? That can happen, right? Especially, you know, if we're out for dinner with another couple. And I try correcting something she just said. Or I butt in all the time on her conversation. Or I got to add to what she is saying. I got to expound on it. And... Uh, I, I, I recognize that in my own life, uh, at a, at a point in our relationship. And I realized, man, I'm doing that a lot and I have to stop. I mean,
0: besides making the other couple uncomfortable, yeah, you're in for a doozy when you get home. Right. So
1: yeah. You ever been there when you're out for dinner with another couple and they're like, wow, you know, it, 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 you go, man, I'm, you feel really uncomfortable. When, when stuff is going on and, and so we go, yeah, these are boundaries, right? That we gotta just be aware of and tweak and you young people, like this is all great, great information that you can have and use when you move forward, right? You can, you can reel back this recording and, and say, oh yeah, what did they say about this? This is so important that, that we understand. And there, there there's a lot more we could say. How about physically or emotionally hurting them? Like obviously, if there is physical abuse going on, physical hurting, that is crossing a major boundary yeah. right, and you're going to need some help right and but there's also emotional abuse that goes on that can uh, be far worse
0: you don't um people don't necessarily talk about it very much, but there is on the rise. Uh, men that are being emotionally abused yeah. in relationships, right? So when I say men, women, I'm just saying that you know we want to make sure that we're not um, we're not putting a role on anything. You know, emotional abuse is gender neutral, if you want to call it that, because either partner could be doing that. It's really important to remember that.
1: So what can we do about it? If this is going on, what can we do about it?
0: Well, for starters, have a conversation about the said issue. You know. Yeah. Pick one thing. You know, you're not going to solve everything at once. If your spouse doesn't know that whatever they're doing is actually crossing one of your boundaries, then in fairness, how will they know that they're violating that? You need to talk about it and pick your time to talk about it.
1: Yeah, it's really important. We need to talk things through. And then we need to really listen to what our partner is saying. And especially if your partner has a hard time articulating their feelings. Right. Then we need to, you know, if you're a person who has an easy time articulating your feelings and, and expressing yourself, uh, pouring yourself out. But but your your spouse doesn't, then you need to be patient with them through the process. Right. And and kind of help them uh, along the way, uh, instead of crossing a boundary and uh, trying to. Um, you state how they're feeling instead of letting them express how they're feeling, right?
0: Like speaking for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about what can we do about it. Well, do some personal soul searching. on you know, The very things that matter to you that you can't negotiate about. Okay. So some things that are very important to you. These could be matters on money, family, intimacy, work, and the list goes on. Tackle one thing at a time and grow together in that habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that I want to uh, just speak to uh, that I learned a few years ago about, and I didn't know anything really much about this, but it's called value judging. Uh, it's one of those most important things uh, that we can learn because what we do in value judging is you assume that you know someone's thoughts are intense and label them with internal accusations or wrong assumptions about their intentions on the matter. So, you know, when you get to know somebody really well, you're like, I know what you're thinking. You don't know what they're thinking. You think you know what they're thinking, but you're value judging because now you're actually playing both sides of the fence. If you try to play tennis by yourself, it's not going to work. So don't value judge and, and say, oh, I know you, you always think that, you know, because now you're setting yourself up to be their judge and really giving no space for that relationship to dialogue about it. So value judging is something we have to be very careful about. Mm-hmm. Yes, you may know each other very well, but you don't have the permission to assume their thoughts, right. their feelings on the matter. Right. Uh, now, this is kind of a disclaimer. Not everyone's partner is reasonable or willing to dialogue about these things. And you sure. say, then what? Sure, what do sure. I do? You know, the one I'm with is just so difficult and they will have nothing to do with this kind of progress. Well, you know what? You can only control you. That's a matter of life. Whether it's about a relationship you're in with your partner or if it's, uh, you know, a friend or a family member, you can only control, hang on, only control yourself and the decisions that you make for yourself. You might not be able to get your spouse to buy in on the premise, but you are certainly responsible to make quality decisions for yourself. Live like it and be willing to show some self-respect, right? So can't control them. You need to take care of yourself.
1: So, so important. So we got through the first step, overstepping boundaries, right? Uh, I hope you learned something from this. And what what we discover uh, through this process... Is is when we overstep a boundary, it begins to build a wall in our relationship. Right. And you could imagine as we put in more planks into the wall, uh, it it will clearly block our view of one another. We won't be able to see each other. We won't be able to feel each other's feelings. So what we want to do in this process is rather than build a wall, we want to tear down a wall, right? You like that, eh? We want to tear down, we want to tear down a wall. You know, my, uh, in my family, my my dad and my brother are extremely handy with this thing. You don't know how many thumbs and fingers i've bruised and broke by trying to handle one of these things It, it, it the apple did not fall on my side of the tree when it came to that but you know what we want to do now as we close um we want an opportunity to pray with you maybe you're watching online we want an opportunity to pray with you maybe you're here live and um you know, you're one of those people that that is saying, you know, this has been good information. Um, th- this is some good tweaking, good reminders of of what we need to do and what we need to focus on in our marriage. And if that's you today, if you're watching online or you're here live, if that's you today. Um, we want you to know that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. You, you may think that that relationship you're in, uh, there, there's no fixing that guy. There's no fixing that girl. But I want you to know that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Maybe, maybe you're here or maybe you're listening and you've gone through a broken relationship where the the walls in your life were erected so big that and your partner had no desire to make it right, no desire to start tearing those planks down, and you ended in a divorce. I I want you to know that there's healing present. There's healing presence, friends. Heal, there's healing present here for you right now. I, I really felt that touched a chord with some of you. Um, you have equated a broken marriage to being broken. You have equated that the, your relationship that failed means that you're a failure. I want you to hear and I want you to know that that is not true. It's not true. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. We want to pray with you this morning. And trust God with you for victory in your lives. Can we do that? Can we
0: pray together? Father, I just want to thank you for every person here today. Lord, we're very mindful of the immense challenge it is to be in a committed relationship uh, together forever. And sometimes it does not work out like the fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And Lord, with that comes some broken dreams and some real disappointments that can scar our lives and, and the ones that we love. So today we're asking, Father, for redemption, for the ability to rise above those ashes and to really see uh, the future for what it's worth. It's a brand new day. And Lord, I pray just the very thing that uh, Pastor Scott was just saying, that a broken relationship does not mean necessarily that you're a failure. It just means that some things didn't work out, and God is still with you and on your side. Yeah. Lord, we pray that uh, obviously our... Our resounding uh, request and prayer is for couples to have the support they need to be successful. But when that doesn't go that way, Father God, that we would be merciful and gracious towards people in their time of need. And today, Lord, we lift up to you the couples in our midst, whether they're online or with us, those that we're doing life with. Lord, that there would be a renewed and a refreshed desire to really build something amazing. Because your word says that the marriage is actually the representation of the church, of the bride of Christ, and that amazing relationship with Jesus and what it's supposed to look like. And Lord, we know right off the bat that we can't do this on our own. So we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that's helping us through this in the name of Jesus.
1: Yes. And Father, I pray a release this morning upon everyone listening, everyone present. I pray a release from that baggage, that bondage that has held their relationship uh, at bay, that kept their relationship at bay. Father, I pray a release in Jesus' name. And I pray light bulbs would go on all over the place, God. And a realization that 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 our relationship is worth the fight. It, it's worth it. It's worth it to push through until we get to that place of victory. And I pray, God, for strength upon every person here today to do that. In Jesus' name.
0: Sometimes we can get to the place where we think, is it, what's, what's it worth? Is it really worth it at this point? You know, we've tried and tried and tried again. You know, I, you've heard it, I've heard it. You know, it's not about necessarily working harder. It's about working smarter. And you fear you're using a screwdriver to hammer in a nail or you're using a hammer to unscrew a screw. It's just not going to work. So it's not just the tools, but how you're going to use them. So I just want to encourage you to not Lay down your tools, but maybe learn a little bit more about them so you reuse them in the right way. Or acquire some new tools for your tool belt so that you can get this project done.
1: But if you're like me, most guys are thinking, I've used a screwdriver to hammer in a nail.
0: <laughs> That's not what was I was for. I've actually used
1: a hammer to pull out a screw. It, it, it doesn't work very well. It breaks up the wood. Your, your, your uh, screwdriver ends up getting chip marks in it, <laughs> you know. Uh you can do it, but it doesn't work that well. Uh, you know, maybe you're watching uh online or maybe you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour. We want to give you an opportunity this morning to do just that. And we have a prayer, we're gonna put it on the screen, and we want you to pray this prayer along with us and it goes like this and just say this. Say this out loud. You know, if that's you say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. And that you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. And follow you. As my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning. I want you to know that you're. A Christian and please let us know uh, uh, comment say something in the feed uh, let us know that uh, you prayed that prayer if you're here this morning please come and talk to one of us let us know that you prayed that prayer this morning uh, we have an online connect card uh, that's available just go to our website click on the uh, little dot that says connect card and uh, it's your opportunity to communicate with us about things going on in your life. Maybe you you have a prayer request. Uh uh maybe some great things have happened in your life and you just need to share that with somebody. You can fill out one of those connect cards or maybe uh you watch the service and and uh, you just want to communicate to us. There's a place on the card uh where you can talk about a little bit about the service and what it meant to you and how it helped you. That 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 goes a long way. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, that would be awesome. And if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, please go to that uh, connect card, fill it out. Let us know that you made that decision and we want to connect with you.
0: I think, in fairness, we'd like to share with you some of the highlights that are coming up. You know, there's several pieces to this puzzle that we want to, you know, sort of put together. So in the sessions to come, we're going to be talking about ineffective communication. You know, you can communicate, but be ineffective. Just don't step on my glasses. (laughs) So ineffective communication is going to be one of them. Another one that we're going to be talking about coming up, and I'm doing this with my glasses, waning appreciation for one another. Thank you. <laughs> uh, waning appreciation for one another. That's a pretty big one. And we're going to really be unearthing some of that as well. Uh, and there's going to be several other pieces uh, of this puzzle. You know, uh, a shift in focus. You know, all of a sudden things have changed and there's a shift in focus and the us part is taking a hit. You know, there's milestones in our lives where that can happen. And, uh, how do we kind of rescue from that? Uh, and many, many others. So, you know, I just want to encourage you to just tune in. Come tune in and let's keep uh, really chipping away at this. And I do hope that it's going to give you uh, some encouragement and the tools that you need to be successful.
1: Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer today, please come forward. We want to pray with you and trust God with you for victory in your life. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here this morning. We love you. Amen.